Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dr. Jeffrey Copen joins us now, the Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine's Lake Forest Hospital. This conversation is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. And that's what we come to you for, Dr. Copen. Welcome back. Thank you, John. How are you today? Well, I'm good. I'm doing fine, thank you. But just anecdotally, I must tell you, I mentioned this earlier in the show, that seven people in my immediate family or circle of friends all of a sudden have COVID. And not all of them are in the same room or even state. These are different groups and individuals. Um, Are you finding that too? Are we having a little spike or am I just an outlier here? No, COVID's still with us, and it's still highly infectious, and we're still seeing a whole bunch of it. I don't think we're in one of these surge states, John, like we've had in the past, Um, but there's definitely people who are contracting COVID. Of my own patient population, I've I've had two in the last 24 hours, which, you know, obviously that's anecdotal, just like your seven friends and family members. But, you know, we are we are seeing this. It's still here. And, you know, CDC reports we're still losing 400 people a day in the country who are dying. Oh, really? Of COVID. So it's still here. It, it, it hasn't gone away. Um, it's here. Thankfully, the vast majority of the population is doing just fine. My assumption is your seven friends and family members are doing OK. Yeah, they are. Although I must tell you, my mom's 89. I went into the hospital for a different reason, and they gave her a blood test or a COVID test, and lo and behold, she tested positive. We didn't even know that she had COVID, which also probably accounts for a percentage of the population as well. Oh, for sure. You know, we we still are testing everybody on admission to the hospital. So it's it's a it's an interesting way for us to keep tra- keep tabs of what's going on in a community. Yeah. So we've we've been up here in Lake Forest. It's just been pretty steady steady now for the last several months. The number of people who are testing positive. Now, Jen, you know, let, let's talk about your mom because I think this is really important. You, you said your mother is 89 years old yes. and she didn't know that she had COVID. So I assume from a COVID standpoint, she's doing okay. I think so. They've got her on remdesivir right now. And she um, she was fully vaccinated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She didn't miss a shot. Yeah. yeah. So too. right now, and this is so important that people understand this, of people who are dying from COVID in the United States, approximately 70%, I'll say it again, 70% are over the age of 75 yeah, I believe it. 70% over the age of 75. So if any of our listeners are over the age of 75 and you have not yet gotten the bivalent vaccine, which is the latest one that's out there, please go get it. Because when we look at the death rates of people over the age of 75 who were vaccinated compared to those who were not vaccinated, it's at least a threefold increase in death in people who were not vaccinated compared to those who were vaccinated. Speaking in general terms, this may this may have been a difference maker for my mom. A hundred percent, John. A hundred percent. An eighty nine year old 
who undoubtedly has other medical problems, right? It's the rare person who's 100% healthy at 89 who comes up with with an infection with COVID is at risk of getting very sick and potentially dying, particularly if that person has not been vaccinated. So if you've not been vaccinated, Mr. Ms. Listener, please go get vaccinated, particularly if you're over the age of 75. What about this? Just as I go down this anecdotal road of mine, um, I know two other people who have gone to the hospital of late and the hospital was full. And my my mom was one of them, actually, where she, to get from the ER to a regular room, they had to wait until somebody was discharged. Um, I don't know what to make of that. Maybe that's a good thing that people are getting medical care. But what what, what do you say about that, doctor? Yeah, hospitals are full, but they're not, they're not full because of COVID. I don't, they're full because of everything else. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing that all over the country, certainly here in the Chicago area. We know that our emergency rooms are still busy, not like they were back in the um, RSV days. Everyone remembers that back in the late fall and early winter. But our emergency rooms are all busy and the hospitals are all busy Thankfully, though, not because of COVID. Hmm. Um, Is staffing a problem at the hospitals? Yes. Um, It's difficult to hire staff. Uh, We're we're having a hard time getting back to pre-COVID levels Mm -hmm. of staffing. This is a problem everywhere in the United States. We're doing a bit better now than we were about six months ago. This is absolutely COVID-related. You know, Jen, I'm sure you've talked about other subjects on your show where businesses have had a difficult time finding employees. So it's not just health care. It's it's throughout the economy, every industry. But we absolutely do see that in the labor intensive health care world. We got a text message from a listener, Dr. Copen, who said, my husband and I have both tested positive for COVID in the past couple days. Ask the doctor why our doctors are hesitant to prescribe Paxlovid to us. What's the deal there, Doc? Yeah, well, first of all, how old are you? Um, That would be over 65 in this case. Over 65. Yeah. So that is the recommended group. I don't know if um, these individuals are on medication, important medication, that would prevent the use of Paxlovid. There can be some drug interactions with some pretty important medications that people need that would prevent the physician from giving a patient Paxlovid. So we would have to know more. But if you're over 65, and in particular if you have some medical problems and you get COVID, you definitely want to talk to your doc about um, getting put on Paxlovid. It, really, it makes a difference. Yeah, maybe if they didn't have a specific reason, go find another doctor if if that's um, not such a crazy idea. We don't know anything today about health and nutrition as a means of preventing or stemming the tide of, of COVID in somebody, do we? Like, you know, the cold or other ailments, it seems like vitamin C or just a healthy constitution makes you less likely to get some illnesses. There's no relationship between diet and nutrition and COVID, is there? Not that we have identified, but having said that, it would it makes sense logically. And I think the experience that we've all shared now over three years, huh. John, can you, I can't believe it, yeah. right? Three yeah. years. I, I, how did that happen? And where did three years go? I, 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 you probably think about this all the time, right? I know I do. 
it's like three years. It's just like a blur. And how in the world have we lived through this? I mean, it's, uh, man, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward like everyone else when we can get at, we can absolutely say we're out of the pandemic and we're into something, you know, we're into something else. But, you know, somebody who's otherwise healthy, who takes good care of him or herself, and that would include good nutrition, folks like that, for the most part, are going to do better than somebody who's not in good health and doesn't take care of themselves, including good nutrition. I can't say, though, that we've identified a panacea, a solution, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some type of fruit or vegetable or some kind of nutritional concoction that is effective to keep somebody from getting COVID or once they get COVID, to recover more quickly from COVID. And I I frankly don't think we're going to see that because we really don't have that for any other viral illness, do we? Yeah, right. Exactly. Although wouldn't it be, I mean, this thing's crazy enough. Wouldn't it be fun if somebody in Germany said, hey, peanut (laughs) M&Ms? You know, I mean, whatever. Yeah, right, right. Cherry licorice, you know, something (laughs) we really like. There you go. Um, 847 says, I would appreciate asking the doctor, if people who will be eight months since receiving the bivalent are safe to travel overseas, I'm flying to the United Kingdom and Ireland in May. I wonder how well my September bivalent vaccine will hold up for that two-week trip. Uh, such a good question. Uh, we know that at least part of the uh, effectiveness a vaccine does wane with time, and that's over a matter of months. Um, I don't think, though, that it wanes to the point where you should not travel unless, and this is the important unless, unless you have some type of medical problem that would make you immunocompromised. If that's the case, I think you have to be really careful about what you're doing for traveling, particularly overseas. Mm-hmm. Um And you would want to talk to your physician about it to make sure it's safe for you to do that. But barring that, if you're fully vaccinated and you're otherwise healthy, go ahead and travel and have a good time. Good to know that. At least you do not have to test negative to get back in the United States when you're traveling abroad. That's new last spring, and that was a great deal for those of us that were doing some traveling then. I believe those rules are still in effect. Doc, anything pressing in the medical scene or the the health front that you'd like our listeners to be aware of today? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we're, you know, as we're getting into March, you know, which is really something, I, you know, I would just tell folks that, you know, if you haven't had your blood pressure checked in a while, that's probably a good idea to go ahead and do. We've had so much attention to things like COVID appropriately So COVID has been, for the last couple of years, and this is incredible, the third biggest killer of Americans behind, number one, cardiovascular disease, heart disease. Number two, all the cancers put together. Number three has been COVID. But number one by far is cardiac disease, other kinds of vascular diseases. And a critical piece to that, John, is is blood pressure. So if somebody doesn't know what his or her blood pressure is, it hasn't been checked for a while, it's a really good idea as we get into March, just think about going out and getting your blood pressure checked um, just to know what it is. You don't want to be walking around with undiagnosed, not treated high blood pressure. That just 
will do bad things to you. And we can avoid that. We can treat it and we can take away the risk. Does exercise improve your heart health? You know, we all talk about that, but your heart's a muscle. It doesn't get stronger from exercise, does it, or does it? Actually, it does. What your heart likes, you know, obviously your heart is beating 60 times a minute, 100 times a minute, you know, anywhere within that would be considered to be normal. So your heart muscle is getting that activity all the time. But it turns out physiologically our hearts like to be taxed periodically. So that's why even 20 minutes of exercise is really good for our hearts. You know, if you go out for a 20-minute brisk walk, mm-hmm. that's really good for your heart. Mm. And uh, it would seem like, oh, how could 20 minutes be good for my heart? It is. It really is. Um, our hearts like that kind of, um, that kind, literally that kind of exercise and that, that extra work that it needs to do. Well, that's encouraging to hear. Last week, we all just wanted to jump off a bridge after we talked to you, talking about our heart health. But uh, that's something I can accomplish, get my head around, and appreciate, doctor. Good, good. Well, that's the idea. There's lots of really good things we can do for ourselves to keep ourselves healthy. And certainly going out for that walk, getting you know, getting some exercise, is it's only going to be good. And it's good for more than just your heart. It's just a real yeah. terrific thing to do for your overall good health. Dr. Jeffrey Copen, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine's Lake Forest Hospital. Okay, Doc, always a pleasure. We'll talk next week. All right, everybody take care.